Welcome to a special NHL Stanley Cup playoff preview episode of Live from the Blue Seats. That's right, folks. It's that time of year again. I'm your host, Rob, joined by Becky and Dave. JL will be along a little bit later for the question segment, but we are uh, pushing the record button here on a Thursday evening after Game 82 of the regular season. The Rangers drop a 3-2 decision, a somewhat controversial and I'll say slightly annoying 3-2 decision to the Toronto Maple Leafs to close out their 2022-2023 campaign. And now we all can finally and officially cast our gaze towards the looming playoff matchup with the New Jersey Devils. That's what we're going to talk to you about tonight uh, and as well as get a a little bit of a wider look at the Eastern Conference. We won't be able to really talk about the West because that's not set yet with a couple of more games to be played on Friday night. But Becky, Dave, how are we doing? Dave, I'll start with you. Uh, Thoughts after 82 here for the Rangers. So I did not watch tonight's game, nor did I watch the game on Monday. Just, you know, a little tired from work. But over the full course of the 82 games, this is exactly what we were hoping to see from the Rangers. I mean, if you eliminate their crap start in October, November, they're one of the best teams in the NHL. They're hot at the right time. They have... The bet, in my opinion, the best goalie in the league, consistently the best goalie in the league. They have unmatched elite level talent, and they have a third line in the kids that can actually score and win games for them. So, I am cautiously optimistic, and I am very happy with the way at least the regular season went, even if they only finished third. Becky, what's your vibe here as we look forward to the playoffs starting in a few days? We don't know when the Rangers will play. Could be Monday, more likely Tuesday. And of course, they will start on the road being the lower seed. They they finished third in the Metro. But how's your overall feeling going into this? Um, I feel pretty good. I mean, I think it's it's interesting. Like Dave said, like, oh, even like though we're third or whatever. And for me, I'm like, well, we're third in like a stacked division you know when mm-hmm. i was looking yesterday or two days ago or something at the the general standings i'm like the rangers would be like the second best team in the west or like the yep. third best i don't remember the second or third best team in the west i'm like i don't know at that at that point like anything goes like i don't it's not like they're sneaking in and you know kind of nervous about what's going on. So I think it's good. I'm sad Mika didn't get his 40th goal. That's like the saddest that I am about this game. And also these refs like reminded me of the refs from last year on Lundqvist night when it was snowing that like just wanted to go home. So yeah, there was a big vibe in tonight's game that the NHL just wanted to get it over with. There was a not so controversial uh, offside decision. It was the right call, but it was one of those plays where the Rangers entered the zone uh, and had the puck for about 45 seconds and then scored. And Sheldon Keefe in a meaningless game, 82 challenges. Uh, look, I mean, these people are competitive. Yeah. They they, they want to win. I get it. It's the right call. But the the potential game-tying goal, which would have been scored by Philip Hedl off his skate with 1.2 or ended up being 1.9 left, you know, it was kind of a half-kicking motion, but he's turning his skate. It, it's possible the puck also deflected off the Toronto player. 
and the league, which normally would sort of painstakingly review something like that. You know, we'd be talking about minutes and minutes and minutes. If the game meant anything, they rendered a decision very quickly, so called it a kick and ended the game. So no, no overtime, no, you know, no need for the league apparently to take a closer look at that, denying the Rangers a 24th overtime game of the season. So maybe that would have been overkill in and of itself. Um, I agree with you, Becky. Bummer that Mika didn't get his 40th goal. Bummer that uh, neither of us cashed our legally placed wagers in the state of New Jersey. Uh, we were both banking on him as an anytime goal scorer to get his 40th goal tonight. But uh, all in all, he and Artemi Panarin, you know, you've all seen the stats by this point. First time since the 91-92 season that two Ranger forwards have hit the 90-point uh, mark. And, um, you know, really just uh, stellar seasons from both of them. Adam Fox gets to 72 points, uh, and he played all 82 games. Rangers had seven guys play all 82 games this year, so they have been, you know, remarkably healthy. Knock on wood that that continues into the playoffs. That's going to be a huge factor going forward for a team that is, you know, uh, their their A lineup is great, and then if you have to get into the depth, especially on defense, it, it can get dicey very quickly. Yeah, um, guys, if Adam Fox gets hit by a bus, we're blaming Rob. Just throwing <laughs> well, that out there. Okay. Let's let's relax with. Yeah, you need to let's let's knock on some wood, my friend. So I just want to run through because it's you know, we, we've got a full 82 games played across the Eastern Conference other than uh, I guess the Flyers and Sabres still need to play a game. They, they have 81 played. Oh, and Columbus as well. So there's still a couple of loose ends to tie up. But just let's let's start with the Ranger Devil kind of raw wins and losses comparison. The Devils finished 52, 22, and 8. That's a really good record for a young team, obviously. 112 points. They had 39 regulation wins, but 50 regulation and overtime wins. They had 11 extra wins in their win total, juiced by overtime in the shootout. Now, they went 2-4 and in the shootout, meaning they won nine games in overtime, um, which is pretty remarkable at 3-on-3 and kind of makes sense with their skill. So they finished with 112 points, one behind Carolina, the Rangers finish up at 47, 22, and 13. So they had 13 overtime losses. I believe that's second most in the league. Dallas had 14. But, I mean, I think it's pretty telling right away. The Rangers had the same amount of regulation losses as the Devils, 22. Uh, they went 4-3 and three in the shootout, but they were pretty bad in uh, in 3-on-3 three three overtime. I think, Dave, I think you did the math. They were like 6-10 and 10 in 3-on-3 three three overtime. They had yeah, 30, something like that, something like that. Yeah. They had 37 regulation wins. Again, the devils had 39. They had 43 regulation and overtime wins. So, uh, and, and the Rangers finished with a plus 58 goal differential devils finished with a plus 65. Um, so pretty evenly or pretty, uh, pretty tight in terms of those stats right off the bat. Um, and of course in the season series, the devils took three of four meetings, but, uh, two of those games went to overtime. So, you know, there's, uh, you know, there, there's certainly not a lot between these two teams. So I, I'll start with you, Dave. Um, how would you handicap this series? Right. So if you were to just come at this from as neutral a standpoint as you can, I mean, look, we're Ranger fans. We're, we're going to be optimistic about this team going into the playoffs, especially after last year. But how do you think the, the, the sort of neutral experts are handicapping this series? Do you think it's the Rangers or the Devils that are seen as the favorites? I mean, the Devils have to be the favorite. They're the two seed. They finished ahead of the Rangers in the standings. That's how this goes. It's very rare, at least right out of the gate, that you'll see like the NCAA tournament where you have an underdog that's favored. I guess that's that term is the overdog. 
Well, right. But like a betting favorite, right? With yeah. the lower seed would be the betting favorite or something like that. Like yeah. a 10 seed would would be like would be the with a betting favorite, right? Yeah. So I'm not gonna be shocked or upset if the Rangers are the underdog. They're the three seed. I mean that that's just how it works right now. And the Devils do pose a problem for the Rangers with their speed. And I, like many others, are hoping that come playoff hockey, there's a way to slow that down a little bit and make the Devils play their game. But yeah, Devils are going to be the favorite. I still think the Rangers will win. We'll get to the predictions later, I believe. But Mm -hmm. the Devils will be the betting favorite, and that's expected, right? I'm not losing my mind here, right? No, no, I don't. No. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you, Dave. And you know, it's a rare day. It's a cool day in hell when I agree with you. We've been having a lot of those cold days in hell then, haven't we? Listen. <laughs> Becky, was this the matchup you wanted, right? Because there was a pretty good debate going on and there was a decent chance if results shook out differently. And I think both the Devils and Florida put their best foot forward in trying to potentially change these standings. And, and it would have been Rangers Carolina and the Devils would be playing uh, the Islanders, which would which would have been interesting as well. Is this the matchup you wanted personally? Um, no, but uh, I don't. I don't believe in wanting matchups because I just like I'm a fucking sociopath and I'm afraid of karma. So, um, like, I feel like you know, I'm watching the games or whatever, and I'm like, well, would we rather play Carolina? And I'm like. Well, maybe like I feel a little bit more confident or whatever, but also who the hell knows? Because maybe Caroline has a bone to pick with the Rangers from last year, you know? So Mm -hmm. the whole thing, like to me, the like hoping for an opponent, I understand it in certain situations. Like I sure as shit don't want to play Boston like (laughs) at all. Um, But I don't know. Like I just, no, it's not ideal because I just like don't want to deal with double fans more than anything. And like, (laughs) I work with a lot of Devils fans. It's like very annoying. And they'll like come out of the woodwork this year. And it, you know what really annoys me about the Devils is that they're so good under Lindy Ruff. Like, can someone explain that sorcery to me, please? Because I don't well, get that's, it. Well, that's a great segue, Becky. So, you know, uh, I, and, and we'll probably have some written content along these lines on the blog. We will have our, our blog-wide full Stanley Cup predictions like we always do okay. with contributions from from everybody or or damn near everybody, we hope. But um, you know, we usually go kind of position by position, right. And sort of, uh, it's kind of classic hockey analysis, right. Who has the edge among the forwards, who has the edge among the defensemen. We could, we could have that conversation right now for sure, but why not start with the coaches? This is a very interesting one, right. Where, you know, normally, you know, look, Gerard Galan is not known as an X's and O's or, or adjustment heavy coach. He's more of a, you know, I hate to, put it this way because it, it it does it, it's demeaning and I don't mean it that way but he's a little bit of a vibes coach right he, he's more of a player's coach he tries to keep it light he tries to keep it simple for the players and just let them do most of the heavy lifting from a leadership perspective lets his assistant, assistant coaches do the X's and O's stuff uh, you know and, and I think he has a little bit of a shelf life as has been seen in previous stops and then you've got Lindy Ruff who was kind of a punchline here especially as an assistant coach and, and certainly around the league in his final kind of head, head coaching, uh, head coaching gig. Um, so Dave, I mean, what, who do you, if you were, if, and, and, and again, I mean, you know, we, we may write this up, but let's talk about it here. 
on the coaching front, who has the edge? Is it is it Lindy Ruff and his staff, or is it Gerard Galland and his staff? Neither. <laughs> They're both terrible. And I, I've written a lot about... They're both terrible. terrible. <laughs> I'm not going to say they're both. <laughs> you guys are catching me when I'm like half asleep right now. This is way past my bedtime. So you're going to get uncensored. They're both terrible. Um, Lindy Ruff has never had the reputation of having a defense first mindset. He's never like we saw with the Rangers, saw with the stars, with the Sabres, they just, they relied on offense and goaltending and the defense was terrible. And the devils this year, they don't have the goaltending. They just happen to have a guy that gets hot every now and then their offense is unreal. And they have a lot of good skill that is good at disrupting in the neutral zone, turning them into a, a rush chance team, which is something we should be familiar with under AV and Ruff. And mm-hmm. I think Ruff was still here with David Quinn, right? He was. He was. So both those teams were only rush chance teams. But the Devils have, you know, Nico Heeshier, Jack Hughes. They, they've got a good, a very good top six. They've got a good enough blue line to move the puck up to them. So, you know, they're winning despite rough, whereas the Rangers are, I mean, look at who the Rangers are. They don't need to be coached for the most part, except for the personalities. And Gallant has already earned his reputation of having crappy in-game management and doesn't adjust very well, as we saw last year when he couldn't get Mika Zibanejad away from Anthony Sorelli. And we saw it this year with that one period against Detroit where everybody shit their pants and the Rangers went 500 because Gallant kept fucking with the lines. So neither is my answer. Becky, how do you feel about, I mean, obviously I know how you feel about Lindy Ruff, but has your attitude about Gallant changed or shifted at all, especially with the way the Rangers have turned it around? I mean, we know they struggled right up until the middle of December, but since then they've really been one of the best teams in hockey, especially record-wise. Yeah, I mean, I think he's a vibes coach. Like, that's whatever. And I totally, again, I agree with Dave. It's very bizarre. Um, Maybe we need Sleepy Dave all the time. Uh, Like, I don't, like, I'm not, like, going to pretend like I'm a coach here and that I understand. Like, I can understand the basic system and stuff, but, like, I don't study it. I'm just not that into it, to be completely honest. Um. And I, but I like, I agree with the sentiments that Dave was saying there. So I, and, and like Gallant is gonna, I can understand how he wears out his welcome. I'll say that. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I think ultimately that, that, you know, it's, it's the same, it's the other side of the coin when you have a disciplinarian coach, I think both styles kind of run their course. You know, the best coaches are the ones who kind of can do a little bit of both, but also are kind of tactically, Brilliant. All right. We know neither Ruff or, yeah. or, or Gallant are, but you know, look, I mean, I think just as you said, Dave, the, the devils have a dynamic offense and the Rangers certainly have the goaltending. They also have a decent defense. You know, I think this is something that we've talked about a lot here where people focus on, and it's easy to, it's, it's easy to focus on, you know, when they give up a goal, 
you kind of look around and you're like, well, no one's covering the front of the net. That's terrible defense. But it's also like, well, that's hockey. It happens 10 times a game to any team. You know, you're just, you're going to have breakdowns. The other team's going to make a great play and you're going to, you're going to give up some chances from prime scoring areas. The Rangers defense grades out as average. You know, they, they give up uh, an average amount of shots an average amount of scoring chances where they do really uh, leak a lot more than usual is off the rush. And that's because they are an aggressive up ice team. You know, they try and get into the neutral zone, similar to the devils and force turnovers. And, you know, uh, they're pretty aggressive in pinching and stuff like that. So that means you're going to give up rush chances against, and that's what the devils are good at. So, you know, speaking of adjustments or, or I guess, you know, uh, looking forward, right. If you are the Rangers and you're planning for this series, which, you know, I'm sure they have been, you know, even though, even with the sort of tightening of the standings over the last couple of weeks, it's been pretty obvious that they were going to play the devils for most of the last three months of the year. You know, how do you mitigate that? How do you slow the devils down? That's the ultimate question. So Dave, I don't know if you want to take a crack at that one first. What do you think? How do you do it? So that's a tough one because the Rangers are the one of the worst teams at allowing rush chances and the Devils are the best team in the league in generating rush chances and odd man rushes. So already right on paper, the Rangers weakness is the Devils strength. So you're looking at how do you prevent rush chances against just that as a general statement then and it's be smart through the neutral zone. Mm-hmm. That's those neutral zone turnovers are where you give up odd man rushes. You give up the puck in the offensive zone for the most part, unless it's at the blue line, you're not giving up an odd man rush. You have enough guys back. You give up the puck in the defensive zone. It's going to wind up in the back of your net. You give up the puck in the neutral zone. That's the difference. And if the Rangers are, Better with the puck, shorter, crisper passes, break through a very aggressive Devils forecheck, get numbers, they'll be fine. That's a huge if because they've struggled with that all year. Yeah, I mean, it's – I also think, you know, and we talk about this a lot, you know, can you just play more offense? Can you spend more time in the offensive zone? And I think – you know, I'm I'm encouraged by what I've seen from the Trocheck, Panarin, Tarasenko line, and of course the kid line. Their specialty is 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 cycling the puck and generating offense off the forecheck. You know, look, I think you know the the Mika Kreider Kane line is still trying to find its way a little bit. I also thought it was very interesting. Speaking of adjustments and and potentially Dave Gallant preparing to try and be creative to find ways and to get Mika Zibanejad away from the other team's best, you know, checking line about early in the third period, he flip-flopped Heedle and Zabanajad against Toronto tonight. So he had Heedle playing between Kreider and Kane and he had Zabanajad playing with Lafreniere and Kako. So I almost think he was just kind of giving that a little bit of a test run. And, and I, I thought the, the, the Zibanejad, uh, Kako laugh line had some nice looks and, and they looked pretty cohesive, you know, Heedle and Kane and Kreider a little less so, but I think that might be a way, you know, or something that Gallant may try, you know, if, if Mika's line is getting blanketed by, you know, the other team's kind of shut down guys and, and nothing's working, maybe he goes to that in the middle of a playoff game just to, to change things up. You know, look, I think when they, when the Rangers, you know, convene for practice, uh, I, I don't know if that'll be on Friday or Saturday. 
I, I would expect to see the same lines we've seen for most of the last, you know, six, seven games as they've been ramping up to the playoffs here. Um, so I thought that was interesting, but, but yeah, I mean, that to me is the, is the key, right? You need to play offense in the playoffs. You've got to have those extended shifts. I mean, when the Rangers really got going last year, late in the Pittsburgh series, and then especially against Carolina, you know, uh, and really at the height of their powers early in the Tampa series, that was kind of their best stretch of the playoffs, right? The middle of the Carolina series until the middle of the Tampa series, they were spending lots of time in the offensive zone. They had a lot of extended shifts. They got some very good defensively sound teams running around in their end, and they created a ton of chances. If they can do that against the Devils, they will be very dangerous, and they'll probably score a lot of goals because I don't think the Devils are equipped to handle that type of heavy, constant attack. Um, another place I think the Rangers have a distinct advantage here is just on the fourth line. I think their fourth line is, you know, yes. I hate to sound like an Islander yes. fan here, but they have one of the best fourth lines in hockey. Yes. A thousand percent. Yes. Um, so, yeah, I mean, look, I, I want to go back to what uh, I asked Becky earlier, which, you know, was this the preferred matchup? I, I was I was hoping for Carolina personally, just because they had been very mediocre since losing Svechnikov. I think I saw a stat. They were eight, nine and one in their last 18 games. That's almost a quarter of a season going back to uh, his injury. And they obviously won tonight over Florida. So basically playing 500 hockey. And that was just a team that all year the Rangers looked comfortable to me. You know, even though Carolina overwhelms you with four check and a million shots and all that, and they recover every loose puck, it seems. The Rangers just never seem bothered by them. And, you know, I know they lost a game or two to them. I, I think they split the season, season series, I want to say. But they always played them well. And I think they, you know... These matchups against the Devils this year, I mean, I know you throw the regular season out for the most part going into the playoffs, but the Rangers really did struggle with their speed. So that's a little bit of an issue. But um, Becky, any other what, what, any other thoughts for, you know, top line thoughts? You know, who is somebody, you know, that you're looking f- for on the Rangers maybe to have a breakout or be a little bit of an X factor in this series, right? I mean, you know, the stars need to be the stars, but is there somebody who you think, you know, really might be a difference maker that, that, folks are not really thinking about no I mean I can like name a random name and that would be it but like I think we need Panarin to be the Panarin that was playing tonight um Mm -hmm. I'd like I don't know I'd like to see Kane kind of pull the shit he was doing right before he got traded um like just completely exploding but I I'm excited to see the guys who we got for this purpose for playoffs like execute in playoffs I think that'll be nice but those are the stars being stars so I I don't I'm, I mean yeah I'll just say a random name like Tyler Mott okay there you go <laughs> you know well yeah well there, I mean I think the fourth line again w- will be a will be a factor but I mean you know one guy that I think uh and Dave I think you might agree with me because you've said a few things so uh, you know uh I'm, I'm sort of leading you down a path here but Vincent Trocek, right? That's not the path I was going to go, but yes, you oh. are right. Yeah, I was going to well, go somebody completely different. Who? Keandre Miller. Hmm. I mean, he's been so bad the last couple of weeks. Well, not he was even bad again tonight. That. No, I Just... know. I'm and I'm and I love him. By the way, I'm not. That's not like me uh, slandering him. You know, without evidence, but he has been bad. <laughs> Uh, and his game's just in a rut, and hopefully that rut ends Monday or Tuesday. 
but but go ahead. Keandre so, Miller, I love it. I'm saying Keandre Miller because the Rangers need somebody other than Adam Fox that can move the puck out of the zone. And Miller's the best guy to do that, not on the same pair. Gives the Rangers another threat when Fox isn't on the ice. They have to be able to generate offense and get through the neutral zone when Fox is not on the ice. So Keandre Miller's the guy for me. But I do like your Trocheck, blah, 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 your Trocheck answer. Because aside from Zibanejad, I do think he's their most most important center just from a situational face-offs and just secondary and tertiary scoring. They need another line to generate offense. They need at least two lines per game generating offense. And Trocheck's going to be in the middle of that. Yeah, and I mean, it's he just look. He's going to have chances, right? Because he's most likely going to be playing with Tarasenko and Panarin. And look, Panarin's going to get a lot of attention from the other team. And I think to your point, Becky, if we see the player that he was tonight against Toronto, that he's been most of the last, I'd say six, seven. I mean, he's been really good the last six, seven weeks. Obviously, ends up leading the team and scoring this year, his third ninety-point season as a Ranger. I mean, he, you know, he is already. Um, in the record books as one of, you know, one of the best uh, Rangers in terms of scoring pretty much of all time. And, you know, I, I think people have said this, he he may be the single best free agent signing they've ever made in the history of the team. Um, so he has to be himself though. I mean, you know, the, the version we saw of him last year, you know, I don't, I don't want to go back to that. It's just totally different circumstances, but it, it was good, but it wasn't great. And ultimately wasn't enough. So um but Trocek's going to have looks. I, he's playing with those guys. He's going to have looks. And I think, you know, he's a guy who understands how to play this style of game. That's the other thing I want to discuss. And then I think we'll get to some uh, predictions before we get to questions. But, you know, I the thing that I, the thing I'm holding on to here is that the Rangers experience will ultimately serve them well and will be the difference in this series because as we saw last year, you know, the moment got very, very big for the Rangers who were a young team going through it for the first time. The moment got very big, very quickly against Pittsburgh. Now credit to them, they recovered, but barely. Right. And, and, you know, it did take a Crosby injury and it took a funny bounce off of Louis Domingue uh, and, and some stars aligning in order for them to win the series. Right. But, and then they, and then they belonged after that. Right. So they settled in and I think, but it took them all seven games of, of that Pittsburgh series to settle in. The Devils are in that position now where they're the young team with barely any experience and it, the playoffs come at you really fast. You know, you, you, you think you're flying along, you, you, you know, you, you, you go up a couple of goals, but then a more experienced team punches back. Maybe they, they steal one in overtime and all of a sudden it feels like the world's crashing down around you. And what I'm hoping for is that the Rangers can kind of capitalize on that. You know, when they have the momentum or when they have the Devils down in this series, keep them down, right? Don't let them back in the way Pittsburgh let the Rangers back in last year. So, you know, that's kind of what I'm leaning on. Do you guys agree with me? I mean, Becky, what do you think about the experience factor in this series? How, how important is it? <laughs> it's so funny. Cause I know you're like asking these questions to try and get like a very, well, like... it's just, it's just something to talk about. No, it's no, just something I know, to talk about. I know. Like, it's I'm experience. Just... Like, it's, does it, it de- matter? It de- Yeah, it matters. I don't know how much it matters, but yes, it matters. I think like 
it's just like it's like intangibles like oh but like who's gonna be more hyped up to play you know what I mean like that feels like I don't know um I think it matters I think especially again like when you have people on your team now who are incredible playoff goal scorers like you have also like Mika was unbelievable in the playoffs last year after a really bad first start to the Penguin series and like I just it would be great but I don't know that you went on experience alone yeah no and I, I mean I think it's just it's always about managing the ups and downs in these series right and and that's like that is something that the Rangers, I think, you know, learned how to do last year. Um, and it's just, the, you know, the other thing is the Devils remind me a lot of, and they profile very much like the Florida Panthers of last year. Now, now look, the Panthers of this year looked like they were going to miss out entirely. They end up squeaking in. They, they are they got the last seed in the East, so they're going to play the Bruins. Um, and that's certainly a, a daunting matchup for them. But the Panthers last year were a juggernaut, right? They were the best goal-scoring team in the league. They flew into the playoffs. They were playing against the Capitals in the first round, who were clearly on the decline, as evidenced by them completely missing out on the playoffs this year. Um, by the way, uh, let's pour one out for both the Washington Capitals and Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, both teams have missed the playoffs. The Penguins for the first time in 16 years. Um, the Washington's missed it a couple times in that time, but usually they're in as well. Um, I don't think there will be very many Ranger fans upset that that either team is out. Um, but nonetheless, I think it's something that we can uh, properly acknowledge and, and memorialize here on the show. I mean, I'm, I'm not pouring one out. I'm cracking another one open. Exactly. What the hell? We're celebrating. Yeah, here. like I'm not I'm not sad that uh, my players are going to be slew footed and then like Sidney Crosby is going to cry a fucking river to the refs about it. Like. Oh, then, I was a I'm gonna have to read, read the discourse for literally like 12 months at this point about how the Rangers like the shot too high on whoever the fuck the goalie was. I know. Goodbye. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They exploited uh, what's his face's injury because they Casey DeSmith or whatever the hell. I don't know. Making up. Yeah, yeah, they now. shot at him while he was playing because he's yeah. the goalie, and that's what you do. <laughs> well, you're not supposed to do that when it's Pittsburgh Penguins. Okay. I mean, if you thought the discourse was bad, they're playing the Devils now. It's going to be even maybe. Worse. I just I don't know. It's been a long time, so I mean, I know I know more Devils fans in real life, which is more annoying to me. Yeah. Like I know zero ping. I know. Not zero, but I I don't know any Penguins fans who were harassing me. Uh, I know one Penguins fan who was like really fucking annoying crybaby on social media. Hope you're listening right now. Um, but <laughs> other than that, like I I just ugh. like the Devils Rangers game last week. One of my friends was texting me. I'm like, you don't even watch hockey. Like your husband watches hockey. Stop it. And I love this person to death. And so it's just, ah, and I know she's not listening. So that's helpful. <laughs> and, and remember, you know, when you haven't been there in a while, you usually don't last that long. So that's what she you know, said. That, that's what I was <laughs> going for there. <laughs> good. That's good stuff all around. Uh, okay. So I want to do predictions. Why don't we go to the other three series first, and then we will come back to Rangers Devils. We'll sum it up, then we'll get to the questions. Um, so, the first matchup. Let's start with the top team in the league. That obviously the top team in the East, the Boston Bruins. They are facing the Florida Panthers. Dave, where? How do you see that series playing out? 
Bruins in four. Wow, you're not even giving the Panthers a pity game. That is such a good matchup for the Bruins. The Panthers are not good. Becky, where are you at Bruins-Panthers? I'm going to say Bruins in five. I'm going to give the Panthers a pity game. I also, I very rarely do a clean sweep because, again, the psychosis just comes back. Mm. Yeah. I think we've established I'm relatively psychotic, so that checks out, actually. Yeah. I will also say Bruins in five, but they will be up 3-0, and game four will be like, a, you know, they get goalied. You know, they, they get 50 shots and lose, and then they destroy them in game five at home, and that's that. So... I think that's a short series for sure. Okay. Uh, next one. Carolina Hurricanes, New York Islanders. David. Oh, I'm going first on this one. <sighs> yeah, I'm going to go to Becky first for Tampa and Toronto. <laughs> oh my God, I can't <laughs> But we'll get there. Oh, God. So there is a P. You know what? I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Islanders in seven. Ooh. I think I'm going with the Islanders too. Wow. What the hell is going on? I know. I know. I can't tell if I want to do six or seven. They're playing inspired hockey right now. Over there. I'm buying a lottery ticket tomorrow night (laughs) because Becky has agreed with me on basically everything. And we know we're not going to agree on the Toronto series, but I'm buying a lottery ticket tomorrow. And anybody listening, you guys should too. Friday, buy a lottery ticket. We're all just happy it's playoff time. I think everybody's relieved that this regular season is over. This was a weird season. Sorry, not to just get away from the predictions, but like it kind of like it, I don't want to say it wasn't fun because there were lots of fun moments, but this whole year was very much about getting back to this point, right? Because the team got so far last year. It's like, okay, I just want this over with so we can get back to like trying to win the Stanley Cup. Um, and that sometimes is the reason teams miss the playoffs. They don't focus enough on the regular season. But anyway, um, I think we're all just thrilled that, that the E82 are over. Okay. So, Dave, you said Islanders in seven. Becky, are you going six or seven? Do you know? Uh, no, I, I reserve the right to not answer that. I don't know. Six or seven. Okay. Uh, I'm going to say Carolina in six. I just think, you know, as solid as the Islanders are and as mid as the kids would say, as the hur- uh, as the Hurricanes are, even though I know they have all these wins and blah, blah, blah. I just, uh, there's not enough raw talent to make a difference. Uh, I do think they beat the Islanders, you know, just because the Islanders are are more mediocre than, than Carolina. Um, okay. Uh, Tampa, Toronto, Becky, you first. I'm Tampa in six. Okay, so Tampa closes it out at home. They are the lower seed, like the Rangers. By the way, Tampa ended up with a very mediocre uh, 46, 30, and 6 record. Uh, for for just 96 or 98 points, whatever that nets out to. Um, I had the standings up earlier and then I, I paged away from them. Um, but so Tampa's the lower seed. Toronto will start at home. Yeah, 46, 30, and 6. They had 98 points. Um, Toronto, obviously, fin- with their win over the Rangers, finishes 51, 20, 50, 21, and 11. 111 points. Um, so Tampa, Tampa in 6 for Becky. Dave, what are you going to say? Leafs in 5. Wow. So I know this think... is where this is where Becky's gonna laugh at me. Yeah, you know what? I'm just gonna lay out here. You guys can have it out. Because it's actively hilarious. You watched that game tonight. Like what about I didn't watch the game tonight. Well, okay. There's he did admit problem. that. Yeah. 
Yeah, I didn't watch either of the last two games. Uh, just work has been hell. How much I, Toronto I have you been out. watching, though? I didn't. I was not afraid of Toronto watching them tonight. I'm not afraid of Toronto. I think the Rangers would beat Toronto in a seven-game series, but there's very few teams I'm actually afraid of for the for this year's version of the Rangers. I just think Tampa's cooked. They're not even like they're four and six heading into the playoffs in the last ten. They are eighteen and twenty-two on the road. Yeah, they're really good at home. But this is not the same Tampa team. And Toronto, if you look up and down their lineup, they have the elite skill. They, they always have, have depth. the elite skill. They I know, but this year they have though. the depth. And I think they have very strong 2004 Red Sox vibes, that team. So I'm going to say... I would pick the Leafs in the series, but it'll be in seven games. And because I think it, they will win a playoff series at some point, they're going to torture their fans to do it. Um, and, but that is more based on, I agree. I agree with you, Dave, in the sense that I just think Tampa Bay's cooked. I, I agree with you. I think they are, I think they'll play hard, but they are just, they have the feeling of a team that is officially a year too old uh, to really make any noise in the playoffs. I just think it's, they're a little bit past it at this point. And, um, you know, they lost a lot of quality players that, you know, this happens as well with the cap and, you know, you want to hold on to certain guys, but you can't keep everybody. And, um, you know, they've been chipped, their depth has been chipped away at, and, you know, all of a sudden you're looking up and there's an awful lot of like Nick Paul minutes. And there's an awful lot of, you know, uh, I'm trying to think of some of the other, Oh, Tanner Janot, although I guess he got hurt. I don't know. They well, every time you say Nick Paul, I think Jake Paul. So just oh, that Paul. Yeah, I don't, you know, I don't know. I think Nick Paul is, he's a pretty useless hockey player for me. Um, Never trust I know Hagel worked names. out. Yeah, that's true. Hagel worked out. I mean, I know Hagel had 30-some goals this year, um, which is just typical Tampa. You know, I don't think he'd ever no. score more than 15 in his life. But That um, was a good trade by them. You got to give them it credit was. for that it one. It was. It was. And the Rangers, I think, were in on Hagel are definitely, definitely interested. But, um, no, he fits the mold. Um, and, and look, they do have the top guys, but I just, I'm with you. I think they're cooked. I think the Leafs will do it, but, um, you know, I, I don't, I don't, I don't want to go as far as, uh, saying 2004 Red Sox vibes. Cause you know, I like to pretend 2004 never happened in baseball. And, uh, I also don't Fair. think the Leafs are that, that good team of destiny kind of thing. Well, in order for them to be the team of destiny, they got to beat the teams that keep beating them. So, they're lining up against Tampa. They're lining up against Boston. That's true. Um, all right. And finally, Rangers Devils, back to uh, the subject of our of our podcast and the, the object of our passion. Um, Becky, I'll start with you. Rangers Devils prediction. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> I think it's going to be Rangers in seven. Of course. It has to be in seven, no matter what. It's seven games. So, you know. Rangers in five. Wow. wow. Well, there's that confidence that you expressed, even going back to the first episode of this season, where you you weren't off by much, Dave. The Rangers really did put together a great season record-wise. You know, obviously all the overtime losses helped, a lot of extra points. But, you know, you were calling for 115 or 118 points, whatever it was. They ended up with 107, which is not that bad. And if few of those overtime games go their way they're they're probably right there 
And if Gallant doesn't galaxy brain November. That too. That too. They were playing good. They were playing really good in October. How do you galaxy brain an entire fucking month? How? NHL coaches, man. They're the gift that keeps on giving. (laughs) Uh, I can't even argue this. This is 100% fact. (laughs) Yeah. I'm going to split the difference and go Rangers in six just because that would also mean they close it out at home, which is always best. Um, I, look, I think, Becky, you predict seven and I audibly sighed and I laughed and it's because it's definitely possible and it's what always kills this team. I, you know, and, and I, it's a hard thing to research because there's so many playoff series and it's just, you know, there's plenty of examples of, you know, God knows the LA Kings did it. They played three, three game sevens before winning a cup and blah, 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 blah. But I'm just convinced, and I, I tell I tell myself in my heart and in my gut and in my brain that if this team is going to do it, they have to mix in a short series or two. It yeah. has to happen. They cannot put themselves through two weeks of hell every single fucking time and win the Stanley Cup in June. It's just they need a short series. And, you know, we were talking about this a little bit in the group chat earlier. You know, the way the Rangers get a short series here is Igor goes completely nuts. He, he has like a 48-save shutout in one of the first two games to maybe, you know, get the Rangers out of there, you know, uh, 2-0 up going home. Um, you know, they, they t- something somewhat unexpected would have to happen because otherwise it just does feel like the teams are evenly matched enough that it's going to be, you know, 1-1 after 2, 2-2 after 2, and, you know, pivotal game 5 in Jersey, right? Then And, and then you're in a long series. It doesn't even matter at that point. So um, I do think it's in 6, and... Um, you know, and I do think that if the Rangers absorb the first punch, which is kind of what I was talking about earlier, you know, whether that's in game one or game two, whenever the devils kind of really hit their full stride, because they will, that's just how the playoffs are. You always get the other team's best shot. If the Rangers absorb that first punch and either survive it and, and, you know, win the game or, or come back the next night stronger, then I think they're going to be fine. Um, and I think it really comes down to that. You know, it's how do they respond to that first kind of big, big wave of, of pressure and momentum from the devils. So um, it's going to be fun. It's going to be stressful. It's going to be all the things that we know playoff hockey can be. So uh, we're really looking forward to it. Obviously we're going to be doing the weekly podcast, maybe some Twitter spaces. We will see how the schedule shakes out. This is obviously a, uh, a point of uh, stress and anxiety for a lot of fans. Currently, I don't know if we'll have a schedule by the time that you listen to this on Friday, um, something tells me the rain, the, excuse me, the NHL will wait until the end of the regular season on Friday night to release a full playoff schedule, uh, because that's just how they do things. And, uh, but, you know, looking at the Knicks playoff schedule and Madison square garden availability, most likely it'll probably be a Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday for the first three games, because there is a Billy Joel concert at the garden on Saturday, but there is always a notice with those in the spring that they can be rescheduled due to playoff games. So, uh, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday might be the, uh, might be the way, the way forward here. I suppose Monday, Wednesday, Saturday with, an, with that additional off day is possible as well. So we'll see. Um, any final thoughts on that before we get to questions? Nope. All right. Well, I believe, uh, JL is with us. Producer John Luke Shapiro is here. JL, how we doing, man? Uh, hi, this thing work. Hello everybody. And Dave. How are you today? And Dave. 
<laughs> I'm too tired, dude. <laughs> Listen, I'm I'm right there with you. I am beat, but it's nice to be here. I started this podcast in my car, and now I am here. The mod, the marvels of modern technology, right there. That's right. That's called Airbuds. <laughs> Airbuds. Is that what they're called? Air, no. Airbuds. Okay. AirPods. But I'm good. Nice to be here. Glad uh, we got the full crew here. I'm surprised Dave is still awake. So jail. I want to be asleep. I gotta be honest with you, but <laughs> I can resist talking to you fine folks. I can't <laughs> hear this. Stop complaining. I'm gonna I'm gonna prolong your agony too, Dave. Because before we go to questions, I'm gonna add, let I want to hear JL's prediction for Ranger Rangers Devils. <sighs> Rangers Devils probably gonna be the most anxious I'll be in the next two weeks. I'll just out with it. <laughs> Rangers in six. Okay. I think I think I think they'll get it done in, in six. There. Happy now, Dave. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> Beautiful. All right. So I think we got a few questions that have come in. Um, yes, we do. So yeah. All right. Over here we you. go. So I'm not going to play the goal horn because I have a headache tonight. So you're welcome. Um, <laughs> so first question comes from uh, Jessica Lynn three one two. It's a two parter. First part is what are your superstitions during the playoffs and have they changed throughout the years? And two, which player will grow the best playoff beard and which will grow the worst playoff beard? Good question. Mm-hmm. Who, who wants to go first? Yeah, my superstition is that I don't move from my spot. <laughs> like for whatever. Like unless the like the only time I'll move is if like the other team scores, but otherwise like I have to sit in the spot that I'm sitting in or standing or whatever. And that has not changed. And Jessica knows that. Um, and then who's going to grow the bl- the best playoff beard. I think it's just got to be Goodrow. And the worst I'm going with Heedle. Mm, really? Yeah. This is an easy one. At least the beard thing to me is an easy one. Go go ahead, Dave. Yeah, spit the, it out. the best is obviously going to be Lindgren, and the worst is a thousand percent Jimmy Vesey. Yeah, he's, he's still twelve years Vizzi old. Vesey's and twelve he's already. I caught a close up of him tonight. He's already trying to grow something, and it is bad. It is very. He needed very bad. to start in October. <laughs> like I'm, I'm sorry, but v- sorry, I have a friend like him who just for the for his life he can't grow facial hair. Vesey's just like him. Yeah. Uh, any superstitions there, Dave? I have the spot on the couch, and I have a text group with my with two of my friends who are also Ranger fans. And if it's looking grim, or we just need to change the mojo, we'll all text each other to say, "Change your spot." And we'll all swap spots on the couches, like at our various houses. Nice. That. that, that what else can we do? I'm not going to do what I did when I was playing club hockey in co- in college when I would wear the same socks and the same Under Armour for four <laughs> games in a row. Like, that's just disgusting. I'm 39 years old. My wife won't touch me if I do that. Um, I, I have, like, a rotation of shirts that I'll wear, like T-shirts. I don't really wear jerseys, especially if I'm at home. And it's 80 degrees out like it has been in, in the New York area the last few days. Um, 
I have a black t-shirt that I really like. It's kind of got like a retro feel to it, but it, ha- it has an awful record. I think they always lose it when I wear it. So that is not coming out of the drawer at all. Uh, I've got a Fox and a, a very old Chris Kreider player t-shirt, you know, jersey thing. Um, so I'll, I'll rotate based on, on uh, you know, how things are going, but inevitably they're going to lose. I mean, they've, you know, I've never put on a shirt and then they've won the Stanley Cup like 16 wins in a row, right? So that's probably a silly superstition when you step back and look at it. Um, I have more of a routine, which is like, I will generally drink one beer per period. Uh, sometimes it's less than that, but, um, you know, I kind of like try to just nurse one beer. I'm not like, you know, binge drinking, chugging beers throughout a whole game, but just, it just kind of helps to keep the vibe a little bit more chill. Um, and I've got a couple of beers that I like, uh, to have on hand in the house for that. So that's superstition wise. Um, I think Tyler Mott's going to have a great playoff beard. I know, I know that, you know, for Becky's taste, he's a little too scraggly at the moment, but, um, <laughs> certainly great coverage and a pretty even, uh, pretty even, uh, you know, distribution of facial hair for him. So Tyler Mott for the best beard. And because we already said VZ, uh, Kako's going to have wispy whitish blonde facial hair, which is going to be really bad too. So I'll go with Kako. So as far as superstitions go for me, um, so I have this issue where whenever I watch playoff games, I tend to generally sit too close to my television if I'm not in the arena. I mean, it's, I only went to playoff games for the first time last year, but um, I would sit really close to the TV, leaned over, and I have my hands together, kind of like, you know, cupped together somewhat, and I just have my chin resting on it, and I just stare at the TV, and I kind of zone out. And if I like break concentration and the other team scores, then I have to try to do something else. So I'll switch a position or something like that. I'm clinically insane. Um, <laughs> it's for players. Um, worst beard. I would have to say Kreider because he kind of has like spotty. Amen. John you know, low key. Very Amen. good. pick. Yeah, no, he, yeah, well, he's got like a really bad, he looks like the, uh, the Aqua Teen hunger force guy, that character. <laughs> People have made that joke, right? He kind of looks like <laughs> that character who has the goatee. I can't remember uh, his name. Frylock? The, the, yeah, the Frylock. Fish he's got yeah. yeah, he's got like the Frylock facial hair. Yeah. Um, so I would go Kreider as worst, even though he I mean it helps that he just looks absolutely insane. And for best one, I'd have to go Alexi Lafreniere. He is probably the hairiest kid I've ever seen. <laughs> so yeah, he's gonna he's gonna definitely pull out a good one there. This is good. This is good. All right, good <laughs> questions. Right. Thank thanks, Jess. Thank you, Jess. Wonderful question. Next question comes from Spozo two eleven. That rolls off the tongue very well. Uh, and Kevin asks, who leads the Rangers in playoff points this season? I, I mean, it's oh. there's there's three answers here, right? So I'll, I'll go with one and I'll say in a nod to Brian Leach, who famously won the Conn Smythe in 1994 and hopefully similar things ahead, Adam Fox. And he's going to have 31 points in the playoffs. Over a point per game, clearly. I am going to go Panarin as a giant middle finger to his argument with Drury last year. I'm not going to give you a number of points because that's okay. I don't know. <laughs> I ripped a number out of my ass. It probably is not going to happen. But, you know. Attractive. 
Uh, I'm going with Mika. I'm feeling it. He's my guy. Believe he led them in scoring last year in the playoffs, too. Yeah, he went buck wild after like game five or game four, whatever it was. Yeah, he saw he saw everybody's Twitter posts and he's like, Nope, gotta change that. Yeah. So yeah, I'm gonna go Mika. I, I just I just can't see anyone else on the team really you know really getting to that point like Mika did last year. I think Mika will do it again. Wishful thinking, sure. Do I care? No. I'm 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 think I think the Rangers are gonna win Stanley Cup. Then again, like I said, I am delusional. So this is the time for wishful this is the time for wishful thinking too. You darn tootin'. <laughs> Fetter tootin'. Uh, <laughs> come on. That's a setup on a Rangers podcast. I got it. I know. All, All right, right. Next so, question. All right. Next question. Uh, this comes from uh, Immortal Lou 30, a.k.a. Tony D'Angelo's worst nightmare. <laughs> Lou asks us, what are your thoughts on keeping Kane and or Tarasenko beyond this season? And what's the biggest contract term and AAV you'd be willing to give either one of them? Uh, I'm just going to come out and say this, and I, I will answer the question because love Lou. Thanks for the question. But I always, uh, and you'll get to know this as well, John Luke in our Blue Sea Blogs chat, I am staunchly anti-talking anything relating to next season right now. I just, this is not should not be the focus Nobody should say the two words salary cap for the next three months. As far as I'm concerned, (laughs) none of that matters. This is the team. Actually, we could also celebrate today. The salary cap no longer exists. The Rangers can call up whoever they want. There's no, there's no in the playoffs. Johnny Brzezinski, come on down. I know. In the playoffs. I know. Oh, good for them. That was a hell of a run to get in the playoffs because they had an awful start to the year. Um, and it's good for the organization that they made the playoffs. It's good for the young players that are down there. Um, Zach Jones in particular, uh, Will Cooley, uh, et cetera, et cetera. But um, so I am very much against like planning for the 23, 24 season. I just want that on the record. And it's a pet peeve of mine when like I log on like the day of a playoff game and people are talking about like somebody's fucking bridge deal. I want to like stab somebody. <laughs> so I just don't want to hear it. I'm sorry. I know it's a very random rant for me, but like, I don't want to hear it. It's not important right now. That said, uh, they're probably not going to be able to afford Tarasenko. And I hate saying that this is just my take. I don't have any information. I think the more likely to take a, a, a cheaper deal to stay would be Kane. So I don't Ew. know. I'm not, I, I'm not venturing Ew. numbers though. I don't Ew. know. Ew. I'm just saying it. That's the vibe I get. Although he could be again, our best friend in the next two, three weeks, though. So. Yep. I, I don't well, care if he puts up three thousand points in the playoffs and single-handedly wins the Rangers a cup. I don't want anything to do with him next year. I don't trust that hip. I don't trust him. Period. But I like Tarasenko. I think they can fit him. He's thirty-one. You give him six million. You trade Goodrow, and you. Convince one of Laugh or Miller to do the Lundquist thing in two in two thousand eight or something. I think it was two thousand eight when Lundquist did like a one year deal and then signed a six year deal in January. It could, it's mm. doable. Yeah. I want nothing to do with Patrick Kane after the season, though. I mean, I agree. Yeah, 
You think six million? Uh, you, you, I'm just I, I, that's the high end here. I yeah, have yeah. no idea what Tarasenko is going <laughs> to. What he's only 31, mind you. I know, I know. And if he comes off a good playoff, which the Rangers are going to need, if they're if they're they, they're going to go where we want them to go. No, it's a good point. Is next year though? Does he turn 32? He does, right? On he, um, he's a uh, New Year's Eve. Oh, this I thought it was December 31st. It's December 13th. I need to go no. to sleep. we know we know um i mean i want them to keep tarasenko mostly because it's my daughter's favorite player and that a two and a half year old who literally can't pronounce l's and calls yellow (laughs) yedo and say tarasenko and literally will ask us every day like tarasenko's wearing white tonight tarasenko's wearing blue tonight like i want her to like it's it's very cute yeah that's and also, very cute. he's so endearing to me. I mean, like, I'm not giving you any actual real answer here. Just want that to be very clear. Like, this is a very politician answer. But, um, <laughs> but like, I just love him. And also that he's, like, every time they interview him, he's like, everyone's so nice to me. It is a nice <laughs> city. You know, you're just like, I love you. Like, you're just such a wholesome king. So, um, you know. But like I don't know, I, I I I don't I don't play armchair GM. I'm not very good at it. I get emotionally invested in my players. So, so I'd have to agree with Rob. I am very, especially now, it, that that annoys me. You know, because I'm I'm very big in the Mets Twitterverse and and just and that's talking. a shame, by the way, because Mets Twitter is a fucking cesspool. Like, uh, yeah, no we're kidding. Like 14 games into the season, and I want to gouge my eyes out. I'm like, yes. I can't do this. Anyway, so sorry. During during the division run or the lack of a division run, and then just even in the, even in the wild card, everyone's talking about next season, and they did this in 15 too. It's like, oh, we're talking about next season. Listen, the Mets are in a pennant run. They're in the World Series. I don't want to talk about next season. You know, oh, is January yeah. going to resign? So I'm with you on that, Rob, in that I don't want to talk about next season right now. They're here. My Tarasenko and Kane jerseys are still somewhat relevant right now. I want that to be the case for the summer. Okay. So, yeah. but if I had to pick, I I would rather them keep Tarasenko. And honestly, I think Tarasenko might actually stay here on a discount. You know, granted, 31 isn't old. You know, I have to say that now because I just turned 30 last Saturday. I, I'm not old, you know, granted you what old. the millennials tell me, you know, but um, no, Tarasenko probably, I, I think Kane goes to Buffalo, goes home, goes to the playoffs and retires, you know, you know, apologizing to the cab drivers out there. <laughs> so, um, no, I think, I think Tarasenko more than likely would stay here on a discount because like you said, Becky, he's like, he loves it here. So why wouldn't Chris Jury be like, hey, listen, 1.5 for two years? Okay, great. Why not? You know? So, yeah. Don't want to talk about the future, but that's my answer. So sorry I couldn't get into more detail, Lou, but I'm with Rob. Also, like, so. we love you, Lou. I'm sorry. Like, oh, yeah. No, yeah the, the, nothing sassy. personal to Lou. No. Nothing personal at all. No, no, no. It's no, very it's just... personal for them, Lou. I'm the only one that likes you. <laughs> I mean, I do, too. Jesus. Hey, listen. Listen, if Lou, Lou had actually taken up that offer to fight Tony D'Angelo, I would have joined him. I would have given anything to watch that. Like I'm not (laughs) kidding you. You We would have charged for it and donated donated all of it to the DNC. (laughs) Turned into a good cause to punch out a douchebag. Next at (laughs) eleven. All right. So I guess we'll go on to the next question. Thank you, Lou, for the question. Much appreciated. 
Uh, so this next question comes from again my one of my favorite follows on Twitter, John Cougar Colleen Camp at Bill Seussbill. This man never ceases to amaze me with these types of questions, but my gosh, he decided to knock one out of the park here. <laughs> I'm cracking up reading it. Ranger players as breakfast food, i.e., Jimmy VC is a plain bagel. Ben Harper is a Western omelet with extra peppers. Do everybody. I don't care if the show runs an extra 20. Yeah, oh I mean, God. he wants us to do like the ticket guys too. I, I don't know. Like, who, who, what about your rep, Rob? Like, let's see, let's see your rep. Yeah, oh, I, I don't know. Um, well, first of all, John built to spill whatever your name is. Um, this is a phenomenal question. This is so good. How do we want to split this up? I think we should all pick one player because as much as I would do the whole roster, he, he gave us two great answers with VZ and Ben Harper. Um, so I don't know. Let's all, let's all. Well, I mean, VZ, first of all, Dunkin Donuts <laughs> gave us the VZ answer and that is appalling. And we know that Phil Heedle is a blueberry muffin, which is the elite muffin at Dunkin Donuts. It's a great muffin. Chocolate chip muffin is no. the S tier. Of the muffins there. Don't even start with this blueberry muffin crap. Oh, the blueberry is so good. The blueberry muffin is so good because it so has much the, sugar. This, the literal sugar sprinkles on top. So does the chocolate chip muffin, but they don't try to disguise it with healthy shit. Yeah, but like, God forbid you get one antioxidant while you're eating your sugar cake for breakfast. <laughs> Welcome to live. If I'm eating a sugar cake, breakfast. I'm doing it for a reason. I don't no, but want also, the, the antioxidant. Other, the other thing is like, who... And I love chocolate. This is not who's like waking up and they're like, I really just want to eat a fucking pound of chocolate right now. Why are you having the? Why does this have to be in the morning? You can have. Because we're talking about breakfast foods, and I said blueberry. I have transitioned over to just chocolate chip muffins in general. Then you lose because the the conversation was based around breakfast. Ladies and we gentlemen, were, this is what adults are talking at at 10.56 in the evening. started the conversation. <laughs> muffins ended the conversation. No, I disagree. Adults in quotes there. <laughs> yeah, well, Dave said correct. he's 39, so he's the oldest. <laughs> um, oh, man. I mean, that is a tough question, actually. I'll start uh, because I, we know Chris Kreider's a health nut. He, like, never eats. I quite like, on you know, it. I was going to say, he's like an egg white omelet with avocado. He's like a, you know. And like some kind of lean meat. Yeah. And and like, you know, gluten-free toast. Or he's gluten-free avocado toast. That might be even better. I think that's better. That suits him yeah. more. Yeah, that suits him. All right. So there you go. Crider's gluten-free avocado toast. Um, I disagree. Uh, I think he's an egg white omelet. This is going to be a long one. Okay. <laughs> How about Adam Fox is, is a bagel with cream cheese and lox because he's from Long Island. And that's what they do well there. That's true. That is what they do. Uh, well. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Okay, so that's two. Uh, uh, I think uh, is... I think Jorgaland. <laughs> oh boy! Oh uh, no, Jorgaland is a bacon, egg, and cheese, but they forgot the bacon. What? So it's just that? an egg and cheese sandwich. So it's just you gets you're so hyped for bacon, egg, and cheese, and you they left out the best part. <laughs> I, it makes sense, but I don't get it. <laughs> it makes sense, but it I don't sense, get it. But I don't get it. What? <laughs> Good night, Rob. And I'm tired. <laughs> um, who else is there? I don't know. Let's see. What are the sweet? What is Swedes eat for breakfast? Because we can knock out Mika real quick. Swedish. Good IKEA. Breakfast. Well, remember that commercial 
that had Broussard, Zuccarello, and Haglin. Oh, God, and Lingonberries? Were, yeah. Uh, <laughs> stick flesh being that with Lingonberries? Let's just say Mika eats that. How about, okay, how so open sandwiches, right. cod roe paste, eggs, oatmeal Ugh. porridge. Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> this is all really nasty. Well, I should why all these guys nasty. come here. All these Europeans come to New York and like, this is the greatest city ever because they're not eating that. I, <laughs> they're not I, eating live fish. Yeah. Well, I like locks. I like locks, but I'm a good, I'm a nice Jewish girl from Yeah, but the locks is, is dead and smoked when you eat it. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Breakfast sandwiches in Sweden are as plain as possible. Bread, butter, or margarine. Cheeses, cold cuts, and a simple veggie on top. Cucumber, bell pepper. And there's a picture. It's literally just one slice of a bell pepper. The fucking cold cut thing for breakfast. I don't get that. That no, is Europe. No. Maybe oh, that, is, that is Europe. Why do they do that? That's that really is Europe. Here's some bologna in the morning. <laughs> like I said, maybe that's why they're so fast. Not a meat. <laughs> I know. Bologna's a flat hot dog. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> What would Alexi oh. Lafreniere be? Scrambled he's eggs? A. No, he's nutty. He'd be something like, like, uh, like some like whack ass omelet, like a freaking, <laughs> or like a steak and eggs or some shit. Well, that's like very like American. That's like Barkley Goodrose. Like Barkley Goodrose, your steak. No, that's like that's like Ryan Lindgren. Ryan yeah. Who would be scrambled egg. eggs then? Because that's my favorite. So that's a staple. That's like. Like who's like a croissant? Like who's like a savory? And that's like a little bit of a treat. That might be Patrick Kane. That's a little bit of a a luxury item. A croissant. No, that could be Tarasenko. Maybe. Mm. Yeah. True. You know. I mean, Tarasenko is a big boy. He might eat some croissants. Also, Russian breakfast is very weird. Like they also (laughs) do the cold. All of northern Italian. Like Northern Europe, especially if you like, maybe my palate is not refined enough or something, but like I've been to Germany and Amsterdam and like, I think I've like lost weight both times I went. I was like, nope, can't do this. Can't eat this. That's so weird because German food is pretty, pretty stuffing. Yeah, but it's like not, it's not appealing to me anyway. I'm I'm sure it's appealing to many people, but like for me, it's like, here's some like, ethically sus meat that we just like pounded to shit and fried <laughs> and like a bevy of potatoes and well, some cheese and i'm well, like i no thank you so does getting german food from um, in america but made by a bunch of germans count i don't know because i'm not i'm know. not a, I'm i've not gained a weight eating german food before you're eating very... American ingredients, that's why, because they're still loading it up with whatever the hell is okay, legal here, fair. but not I've legal anywhere seen, else. I've also seen pretty chunky Germans. I just want to throw that out there. We're not yeah, talking definitely. about like the fittest country in the world. So that's true. I mean, have you seen Uder from The Simpsons? The Wisconsin yeah. of Europe. <laughs> the Wisconsin <laughs> run up full of chocolate. <laughs> that's what I was thinking of, Dave. Thank you for that. <laughs> it is the Wisconsin of Europe. I like that. That is true. Um Becky, would this be a good time to tell the story about the time you had to hard boil an egg in France? <laughs> oh, no. no man. Oh, no. I've never heard this story. This has to be something. First of all. And then we should really the close first, the show because it was getting late. Yeah. Well, I have one more question, by the way. Oh, okay. right. Okay. This will be pretty quick. The first day I woke up in France, I was so hungover. And like, if you've ever met me when I'm hungover, I'm, 
I'm useless on like a good day. So now if I'm hungover, I'm like not doing shit. And Rob was like, we're in Paris. You need to stack up, get up. We're going to go eat breakfast. And I'm like, fine. So we're downstairs. Also, the first time I threw up in front of Rob, but regardless. Um, we go to like this, you know, whatever, like hotel breakfast. It's like in like the basement. It's whatever. Um, and they had like a hard boiled egg like machine. So it was just basically like boiled boiling water or boiled yeah, that water. of boiling water. Yeah. And you put an egg like you have they have eggs and you put it in. And it's like set the timer and like when it's done you come get it and it's a hard-boiled egg like pretty straightforward that's how you hard-boil an egg right so i did it <laughs> oh no and i opened it and it was not boiled at all <laughs> it was just an egg <laughs> so, so i'm like i chalk it up to like the hangover but then i tried to do it on other occasions on this <laughs> it never worked it, it was. It really was like a Marx Brothers bit or something. I was literally like, I guess I'm just gonna eat like yogurt and like 17 baby croissants. I gained weight in France. Becky using the metric system to boil an egg. <laughs> I listen. I can't. I don't know the, the non-metric system. I, I, just, I think the water was not hot enough. Is what I don't was think going it was hot. There. It was not boiling. That's that's no. the problem. You need to keep putting in an egg into boiling water. <laughs> so the water wasn't boiling, and you expected it to boil. Well, you, it's like oh the machine. What am I supposed to do? I don't it was know. What a station. It was like a literal. Here, come make your hard-boiled egg. No, you put the egg in a little like metal holder and it lowers in like a deep fryer like yeah it was absurd it was absurd I like press the button and everything i'm like this is good to go no it's we a were hard staying... boiled egg and the water wasn't boiling you know Guys. i hate to tell you this but i wasn't very good at science if we left it in there for 30 minutes it would have cooked. let's just put it down <laughs> we might have left it in for 30 minutes actually. <laughs> all right what's the last question because all right so outside of one of our own, not knowing I how do, to boil an egg. Before you read the last question, yep. I put this in our little chat thing. I Ryan do know Lindgren, how to boil an egg. I want that to be known. This is not like like Brandon not knowing how to boil pasta. Like I know how to boil an egg. I swear to God, I've done it. Oh boy. Ay, ay, ay. <laughs> Wait, what's not the motor oil thing? Ryan Lindgren. He he has he's motor oil because he's okay. just a, he's a cyborg. <laughs> Fine, fair. All right. So. Cyborg and egg talk aside, here is our final question. This comes from at Russell's Brussels. Brilliant name. Not being facetious, I actually like it. Uh, if the Rangers can make it to the Eastern Conference final again, what is most likely to be the narrative? One, Igor standing on his head. Two, Heedle going on an absolute <laughs> heater. And three, fourth line averaging a goal a game. One. Yeah, on yeah one. easy one. Either that or Mika. I don't know. Probably. Yeah, see, I'm going uh, I'm going off the board and saying stars are star. If their star performers play up to their potential, they can make the they should make the Eastern Conference. This team's really good. Like I, you know, typical Ranger fans, you know, kind of looking for reasons to not believe in the team here. Like they haven't needed Igor to stand on his head all year. That you know, I know look the, the save percentage has been on an upward swing all year. After a rough start, that was another part of the reason that Gallant freaked out because the goalies were not playing well. Um, and even though the Rangers were dominating possession and chances and all that, they weren't scoring enough, but the goaltending wasn't good either. And I don't know. It just, I guess that'll be the narrative, quote unquote, but I think it'll be the fact that their their star players are doing what they're supposed to do. Igor's one of them, but I, I don't know. I just, 
I don't think they are as goaltending reliant as they have been in past years. So I'm going to go, maybe, maybe it is Phil Heedle. Maybe it's Heedle that, you know, he's pops up and has a bunch of goals too, but um, I'm going to slightly disagree with everybody there and not just to be contrarian. So that's it. Any more questions? <laughs> no. I How think does one uh... boil pasta guys? Wait, what was John Luke's answer to that one? I Yo, Mika. yeah. I said, oh, Mika. yeah. It's either one or Mika because just I, I, that man just, I love that man. I met him in person. Huge hands. So, <laughs> Mika? A lot of athletes have huge hands. He has a thing. Yeah. His hand, like Ron Darling, same thing, but well, his yeah, hand, when I, when I, when I shook his hand, because it was before opening night 2019, and we were just, me and my buddy were standing outside. He's just walking by, nobody's saying anything. We didn't really bother him, but he just wanted to take a picture. So I took a picture from my buddy and I went to shake his hand. Nice to meet you. Hope you have a good night, you know? <laughs> and the man almost broke my wrist in half. So <laughs> I love that man. I have your jersey hanging up in my room, Mika. If Was Ron Darling nice? Oh, yeah. Okay. It's a little dry, but he's nice. That's fine. So. Yeah. All right. Well, listen, this was a fun show. Thanks to everybody for submitting questions. We are so excited for the playoffs. Um, can't wait to discuss it all uh, either here or on Twitter spaces. I know we've been hinting at it. Like maybe we'll do a live show if the stars align. JL, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll maybe figure that out. That might be fun. Um, but yeah, uh, looking forward to Rangers Devils. First time those te- two teams are meeting in the playoffs since 2012. And um, obviously no need to, to rehash what happened a very, very long time ago. So um, with that, thanks for listening to Live from the Blue Seats this week, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you.